0: Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers. Thanks so much for tuning in, listeners. We love you guys. We really appreciate you coming back, and we have another special episode for you here today. It is a game plan style episode from none other than my friend Al Tomechko out of Ohio. Al scored a great opening morning, early season, mature eight-point buck, and we're going to find out why. We're going to dive into the habitat, the hunting, the reasons, the weather, anything that could have helped Al. Out with this deer, including trail camera inventory, and then tracking, a hell of a track job, and learn from that. Then, hopefully, you and I can take some of Al's advice, put it in our own game plan for our hunts coming up this week and or weekend. So, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Um, I want to hit something real quick. If your food plots are looking a little bare, uh, get out there and hit them one last time with some rye or some grains. Um, I use Killer Food Plots, Crop Duster. And what that does, with the rain we got two days ago, we're getting today and tomorrow, that's going to help that germinate and fill in these spots. It's also going to provide some really nice, young, fresh growth, which deer love the most, especially on things like rye. So I urge you, if you haven't you know, made your food plots as pretty as you'd like, to get out there and uh, top dress with some grains one more time before season or even during the early part of the season. I know that rye has a real low uh, soil temperature before it stops germinating. So it'll be helpful, and uh, it'll put out some more food for your deer and for your wildlife. Now, I want to thank our partners of the show who make this possible. We have Packer Max Cultipackers, Hunt Wise, Killer Food Plots, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, The Habitat Hook, Tree Lake States Realty and Auction, Sound Barrier Hunting, and Morse Nursery. We got Morse back on, guys. Get ready for some great tree planting, tree sale type uh, information coming soon. Get your tree thoughts and orders ready. A lot of guys wait till spring to order when you really need to be ordering in the fall. So we're going to cover that here soon. But without further ado, let's get into this game plan episode on the why, how, where, and when for Al Tomechko and his great mature eight-point buck. All right, guys, we're back. We have uh, Brian Hallbley on the line in his truck tonight. What's going on, B?
2: What's going on, brother? Just heading back from the now under agreement, 40 acres.
1: Yes, sir. Congratulations on selling the farm, man.
2: Thanks. I appreciate it.
1: And you got a guest with you? You got Mr.
2: Mary
1: in the truck with you there tonight? what's up, Chris, and then um, our very special guest, who just hopefully is still on the other line, but looks like he might have left the room, Mr. Albert Tumesco, what's up, Al? (laughs) Sorry,
2: sorry, I throw down the heat collar to my wife and the dog, but uh, yeah, man, I'm here, I'm doing well, how are you guys doing?
1: Doing good, Al, thanks. Doing great, buddy, congrats. Yeah, not as not as well as you are today, my friend. Uh, we're still waiting to kick off bow season here in Michigan, but the reason we got you on here is none other than a game plan episode. So you all know what that means.
2: Yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited uh, to to uh, tell the
1: story, man. Well, let's get right into it. Let's um, let's figure out you know what you've been doing the couple of weeks leading up to season, and. Uh, you know, how you put yourself in the right spot come opening morning of Ohio bow season. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, basically, I got lucky, so just <laughs> <laughs> you know, keep a rabbit's foot in the pocket. Be good to, no, uh, I definitely got lucky a little bit, but, uh, you know, I've been, always been somebody who is hunted really hard and been like, oh, the more time you spend, you can't kill them from the couch, you know, and. That type of attitude, which I think there's something to be said for that. Um, but as I've gotten older as a hunter, I've started to read a lot of different things and this podcast that you all do. And um, I've, I've really started to wonder if that is the best way to go about it. And uh, this year in particularly I hung trail cameras as I do every year on an oak flat next to a really good bedding area uh, on a spot I have here to hunt um, somewhat locally. And checking the camera probably once a two weeks, three weeks, something like that. I wasn't checking all that frequently earlier in the season. Um, As it got closer to season, I was checking a little bit more frequently. Um, And I check in middle of the day if I could. And uh, I right away noticed a pattern on deer and. What was really cool about that is um, I started seeing a, a pretty good buck. I mean, not just does. I had patterns on does at first, you know, just every morning or every evening. I forget exactly how that first pattern started, but uh, specifically a, a pretty good buck. Um, me being me, I'm, I'm pretty picky on whitetails, and I kind of thought, oh, I'm not going to shoot that deer. It was like my first gut instinct. Um, but it's been a little while since I, I've decided to shoot a deer, and I talked to a couple of good buddies, Zach and Danny, who you actually had on the podcast not that long ago, sent them the pictures, and they're like, Al, are you nuts? Like, that's a pretty good deer, dude. I think he's probably four years old at least, like, you know, you should kill him, he's out a pattern, like, what do you, you know, you know how hard it is to have a deer on a pattern or whatnot, and, um. Yeah, I mean, it's right next to a bedding. It's like a fallow field. There's an oak ridge there. It drops down next to a creek, and the deer was showing up uh, pretty much every day at 8.30 in the morning. Um, I knew where he was most likely bedding, like 90% sure, Um, and I knew that with a southwest wind, he'd be really hard-pressed to scent me because even if he did come downwind to me at that location, the thermals would be rising at least in the morning time because it's like a, a ridge and then it drops down off into a creek bed. So I uh, felt really really confident about getting in there early season, but I wasn't sure you know what was going to transpire. Was he going to change courses or whatnot? So got closer to closer to game time and sure enough, uh, that deer didn't change courses. He kept showing up and it got to be like oh, man, four or five days before season. And I texted Danny and Zach, and they both were like, dude, you got to kill that deer if he's staying on that pattern. And I said, oh, my gosh, it's a southwest wind. I never hunt early mornings, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I got in the stand at 5.30 in the morning. I didn't get light till 7.30, I think. So I got to stand early, two hours early, um, because I knew if I was going to bust a deer out of there – it's so close to the bedding. The wind was in my face that it wasn't going to know if it was a coyote or, 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 you know, raccoon or anything. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get in really, really early. So I went way down and around. I walked through this creek. So the wind was in my face the whole time. Snuck up this hillside, got up into the stand, which like first time of the year. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I just have a quick question. So yeah. the stand is on an old Ridge next to a creek bed. Was he coming in there for acorns or young brows, and was he there on every single wind direction, no matter what?
2: So, yeah, acorns for sure. Um, there was there is a million acorns this year. Like it's unbelievable. Um, that's primarily what it, I mean. Honestly, there's like a bunch of like stilt grass in there that needs sprayed with glyphosate, but um, acorns for sure. And then in Ohio, we can bait. So once I had him started to pattern, I started throwing corn down probably about a month ago. Okay. Uh, Not a lot. I probably threw 10 pounds down at a time. Um, And I started getting him really, really consistently just on that corn. But he was coming through there. What I think he was doing, honestly, is he was going out – into some soybean fields, and he was working his way down this oak ridge every, like, morning around 8.30, coming through there, eating acorns, and he was going back to bed, and he did that every morning for, like, two or three weeks until I started Mm -hmm. putting, then I started putting corn down just because I'm like, well, um, there's quite a bit of hunting pressure around here. I want to make sure I keep Keep this distantly, around. Yep. So it's just sort of like scattering, just like with, within the acorns, right? So anyhow, yeah, he um, he comes down. Now that field behind, which I'm allowed to track deer in, but not hunt it. It's, it's like 25-acre fallow field, like probably hasn't been touched in 5 to 10 years. It's just nasty thicket. It's awesome, actually, but um, I wish I could hunt it, because there's some sweet, like, sweet set of spots, but nonetheless, um, yeah, he came down that oak ridge and was eating acorns, and there was a couple does that had come through, and he was kind of just smelling around, and uh, I mean, the rest is really kind of history from, from that part of the hunt, at least. I mean, he well, he stayed away from me for a while. His butt was facing me, and I was like, ah, I he shoot him quartered away pretty hard, you know. His, his heart was showing, but it was really quartered." Um, and I thought, "Don't, you know, don't rush it. Just take your time and just wait. It's, it's opening morning at eight thirty in the morning." <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, he came through just like clockwork. It was, it was like this never happened, <laughs> especially to me. Like this doesn't isn't supposed to happen this way. And uh yeah, he on outside know, and nineteen yards, maybe twenty yards, something like that. But he just started immediately he, started, he started broadside. started just typical as a building you know, buck things, right? He starts walking like towards he was walking quick. So I drew back really quick and I'm just like and he doesn't stop. So I just was like and he stopped and I settled the pin right above his leg and
1: Calm down for like maybe half a second. And when you say his leg, you mean that elbow, like his elbow? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I always follow that front leg up, about two inches up and about a half inch back. I mean, that's maybe an inch back, give or take. I, I mean, that's kind of like my go-to spot. Wow. And, uh, yeah. and I, I saddled that pin right there, and I had to lean around the front of this other tree that was in front of me, but I felt very comfortable. I mean, I shoot every day for probably an hour of a day. Uh, out to 60 yards, and I'm not I shooter, uh, but I felt very comfortable taking the shot. And uh, I put it right on him, and watched that knock Barry right into his uh, offside shoulder. Actually, I didn't get a total pass through, but um, I watched it knock Barry into his offside shoulder and sat down, hung the bow up, tried to collect my myself, which I was shaking, like I haven't had a like that. A long time,
1: man. What it's all about,
2: yeah. man. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. And, um, obviously, that's kind of where the story just began on this deer. But uh, that, that really what went into harvesting him was, was really trail camera. I mean, I've had them around a long time, but I've never used them to the point where I'm like, you have to
1: use what they're telling you,
2: not just use them for, like, oh, there's deer in the area type of thing.
1: Right, right. No, I think, um, and like you said, that's not quite where the story ends at all for this year, which we'll get to in a second. I think it's important that you picked up a pattern and then you monitored that pattern with that camera daily. Was that a cell camera or a regular camera or what? No,
2: it's it's a cheap, like, $50 wild game camera.
1: You checked it often enough to realize that he was in there every single day, and
2: yeah, I was checking it. Like I said, I mean, probably in the early, earlier like summertime, probably once every two, three weeks. Gotcha. And as it got closer to season, I was probably checking it once a week or so. Nice. Um. And he was just on the same. He was on the same pattern for like a
0: month.
1: Wow. But here's the thing: they can be patternable in early season, right? Now's the time to get them on a pattern or to figure out their pattern.
2: Well, and I think that's a key, or was a key to my success, because I had a bigger deer on camera, like, significantly bigger bigger deer on camera, but they're nocturnal, right? So it's like, I mean, having those goals instilled in your head is to like, well, am I happy shooting a four-year-old, you know, decent eight-point buck, or am I going to hold off for, I don't know what the other one was, but say a 10-year-old, 110 fifty inch deer. It's a nice deer, but like when you're hunting, you know, a smaller property or what have you, you don't know what's going to happen. And when you have a deer that's patterned and showing a pattern and it's a respectable deer that you want to harvest, it's kind of like it's hard to not make that move. I think in the past it's been a huge mistake by me. It's not <laughs> making
1: that move.
2: Yeah. Right? Like, oh well there's a big deer on camera even though it's three AM like well, 3 a.m. It's like who
1: cares if he shows up on camera. There's a bunch of sayings like that, right? One in on the hand is worth two in the bush, or yeah, or exactly. don't don't pass a deer on your first day; you'd shoot on your last day, which is I'm half on board with that, half realize that expectations change throughout throughout a hunt or a season. But to your point, um, dude, opening we were so surprised to get that text. I didn't know you were patterning this deer. You know, this is a, none of us knew. And then all of a sudden we get this bloody arrow text, you know, and that was pretty exciting. And I wanted to ask Brian, uh, Brian, have you ever shot a deer opening morning, a, a good buck? Brian, you there? Yeah,
0: can you hear me?
1: Yes, sir. Did you hear my question?
0: No, you broke up. Sorry.
1: Uh, I was going to say, have you ever shot an opening morning buck, like a good buck like this before? I have not. No, I never have either. So, Al, I guess let's keep moving on into uh, what happens next. So... Uh, boy, this
2: is where I learned a lot of lessons. Um, I guess I'll start with always trust your gut as to where you hit a deer. Um, Again, I, I, I don't say this to brag. I shoot a lot because I'm not good at... I'm not naturally good at shooting a bow, so I have to shoot a lot to become good at it. If I'm good at one thing in life, it's persistence, so... I try I, I really try hard to become uh, proficient at it. So I um felt very, very confident in my with my bow. The last four or five deer I've killed haven't ran six but sixty yards maybe. Uh, so I tell you all that because I shot this deer, I have Luminox, they're legal in Ohio. Don't let anybody get worried. Um but uh I put this I, I what I thought I put it right on this deer. You hear that a lot, guys, you know. Oh, I put it right on him, I put it right on him. Well, um, I really felt confident that I put it right on this deer. And what ended up happening is uh it didn't get a pass through. I hit the offside shoulder. I backed out for two and a half hours and came back to find... uh Really, really good sign. I mean, really good blood. Um, a great, great looking arrow. It busted off about inch and a half from the fletchings. Wow. Which, yeah, the fletchings were covered in blood as well. So it looked like it had punched all the way through up to the knock. The knock had been blue. It was covered in red. Bounced back out the other way. And... Um, Broke off in what I thought was the front side shoulder. And, like I said, gave the deer over two and a half hours to just, you know, let the deer go around, lay down, and die. And that's really where things got interesting because we got ten yards into the track and found that arrow. We went a little bit further, um, found blood, found blood, found blood everybody can relate to that right you and your buddy or cousin or whatever are walking me and my cousin zach who's my right hand man are walking in blood 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 it's like oh this is good you know we thought we saw a couple bubbles in the blood and then it's like 80 starting to get warm out it's almost getting 80 degrees at that point and starting to get a little bit nervous Are so we seeing bubbles or you know what's going on and uh it was obviously as i as i said it's really tough tracking but but no excuses being made um Long story short, we tracked that deer for 250 yards. Um, I spent, just myself and and my cousin, spent about seven hours Saturday tracking that deer on foot. We walked this one area um, over three miles each and searched every way we knew how to to try to find that deer. Sunday, at that point, I mean, we knew the the meat would be spoiled, but uh, still wanted to honor the deer. I mean, I I really still felt like I made a good shot. Um, Sunday came, we flew a drone, actually, over this, like, CRP-type field, you know, fallow field, for three hours. There were two and a half hours, something like that. I can't remember. Um, And then I, we (laughs) didn't find it. And I walked the field for, oh, man, I'm getting tired talking about it. I think I walked the field for another hour or something. I searched every body of water. I searched every creek that I could. Um, I think I wore binoculars since Saturday. Like, I mean, my neck's getting sore Um, from from where I'm. But all, all joking aside, I mean, we searched and searched and searched and just couldn't locate the deer. And that Um Monday, I, I, I looked after work and couldn't find the deer, um, couldn't find any additional sign. We had a ton of rain move in Monday afternoon or evening. So it just was one of those things where it's like, well, that's the deer that gets away. And, Jared, I'll be honest with you, man, I mean, I've never learned more from a deer um, I had another good friend of mine come in and help try to track the gear out. That would have been on Sunday. Uh, you know, and a lot of times I, I'm texting you. I'm texting all my buddies at that point, right? I'm like, hey, I had this gear patterned. I thought I put it in the pump station. And uh, I had a lot of guys telling me, well, don't worry, man. That dude's probably alive. lie, you know. And if I learned anything from this whole experience, it's like, Trust your gut, because if you watch an arrow hit a deer, like we try to immortalize it, it can live, you know, the no man's land, like all this stuff, and I can send you the picture if you want to put it up with this game plan episode just to show people how tough these creatures can be. Um, If I shoot every deer the rest of my life where I hit that deer, I'll have a hell of a good hunting career, because (laughs) I mean, I hit him about as good as you can hit him. you know, I mean, it could yeah. be a little bit lower, it could probably be half inch forward, but I, I don't know what happened, uh, I don't know why that deer ran, uh, I ended up obviously finding him a couple of days after I shot him, um, he had ended up making about a 500 yard circle, and I just went with my gut, I said, you know what, that deer has to be near a creek. I kept searching creeks, kept searching creeks. I searched the same creek five times, or four times, and on the fifth time, I found that deer. So, it sucks. Um, I share it because I don't really have an ego to, to try to pump that I made you know, the perfect shot or the perfect For anything. Sure. Um, I share it because I hope somebody learns from it.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I think what I admire about you is your relentlessness, your persistence you know, I'm a sales too obviously we're persistent right or we wouldn't get anywhere but I think uh, a lot of people give up on their deer way too soon and um, shoot you gave it what two full days of tracking after the or, or after the shot, so Saturday, Sunday you found him what, today right so Tuesday shot on Saturday morning like that's that's not giving up right there in a creek you've already looked in a few times. So I just want to say congratulations on your buck. It's a beautiful buck, and obviously congrats on hanging in there, man. That's that's awesome. What? Uh, tell us about the buck. What is he?
2: Yeah, I mean he's just he's just a nice eight point deer. I mean really it's not anything to write all about, but he's a good deer. Um, what I'm happy with. I think he's a 4 year old deer which is something that I try to shoot I mean I, I don't I try to age deer before I shoot them uh, whether on the hoof or, or on trail camera um his body is is very big I, I really was impressed with how big his body was actually bigger than it looked on camera um I don't know if that tells you anything or not but uh, his, his body was very large and uh looked like a big mature deer and uh he had a decent rack to go with it you know so um Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. I mean, it's always good when you bring a deer to the taxidermist and he goes, that deer has a nice rack. You're like, all (laughs) right. The taxidermist sees a lot of rack, you know, so if he tells you it's a good one, then you're like, all right, that must not be too bad. But, uh, you know, honestly, if I learned anything from this whole thing, it's like, don't buy in. I'm not saying that no deer can live through a tough situation, but, don't buy into this, like, oh, well, I didn't find a lot of blood. He's probably alive. Like, I knew in my heart, like, I watched that arrow sink into that offside shoulder. And I knew, I'm like, that, you know, that deer is dead. Like, I've shot enough deer to make a bad shot where I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that's a rough one. You know, that's going to take me a while to find. But, like, when you put a shot right on the money, you owe it to the deer, whether you find it that day or the next day, to at least if, put it in as many hours as you can. Obviously, if you're in another state or another whatever county, etc., you might not be able to, but if you can put in the time, um, just keep putting it in because you're probably going to find that deer. And nowadays, there's so many groups on Facebook. You call it guys with dogs, and um, you know so many different resources. But what's interesting is that buck I killed, he ran 250 yards, let's let's just say to the north, and I found him 30 yards to the south wow. where I shot him. So wow. basically, you figure like 250, 250, back to where the sand is, and then another 30. So I mean, that's a big loop if he if he did it in circle, obviously, um, which is pretty impressive. And he had been dead for a while, so he most likely did like, a huge loop. Um, they're amazing animals, and I'm just blessed to have harvested,
1: you know, a pretty good deer. Well, Al, congratulations, man. That's awesome. Now, was there, I think we just want to point out, for anybody who's looking to hop out this weekend, you know, early season is a great time to pattern deer. Um <laughs> Some guys think it's one of the best times to, to get on a big buck or a mature buck uh, early or late season versus the rut where it can be a crapshoot. So, if you've been seeing some deer, you've been scouting, and, and you have something to go off of, now um, now's a good time to capitalize on that, like Al did. You know, getting if you're going morning, I'd get in the stand super early like you did because uh, a lot of deer are making their way back to the bedroom at that point. And I think. Um, Just check those cameras, you know. I don't have anything showing me what what you have or had, Al, with two weeks of continuous morning pictures on a shooter buck, or I'd be in the tree, too, for sure. Um, But to our listeners, if you can take that out this weekend, uh, our season opens in, uh, well, two days. So hopefully if somebody can grab that advice and learn from your story here and also with the tracking details. Nice job.
2: Yeah, I I appreciate it, man. I I really think that that is the key, is you have to try to put the pieces together. I mean, if you're just trying to go out and shoot doe, that's awesome, too, and you can hunt a little bit differently, but if you're trying to shoot a, you know, fairly mature deer, um, I think you're doing more harm than good if it's not patternable. I even had buddies like, oh, man, morning hunts? I don't know. That's tricky. Were they betting? I I know this particular property well (laughs) enough to betting but I felt they were betting far enough away from the tree that I could sneak in there, get in the tree. You know, they were betting within at least they had to be past two hundred yards, is what I felt very confident. Oh wow. So I really snuck into this tree. Like I've never walked that slow in my life. But I think that those are the keys, you know what I mean, to getting in, in early season. The other thing too is I think that this time of year is start shifting from soybeans because a lot of guys are like, oh, I've had I've been seeing deer on soybeans, sea beans, seen deer on soybeans. I saw deer or soybeans excuse me, in Ohio today that are probably gonna get cut in like the next couple of days. Some you. that are still, still a little bit green, but like they're gonna get cut really, really soon and those deer are gonna be like that field's worthless. Yep. so
0: acorns
2: are dropping like you almost can't walk through the woods without getting hit in the head with them it's like get on those if you have a camera to hang up try to pattern the deer and hope for some luck i mean you have to have a little luck and i was blessed to have a little bit
1: well albert nice job buddy i want to thank you again for uh you know just keeping the the deer spirit high among all of our our text groups i know uh we're always all fired up, and and just you were persistent. It's impressive you found that deer. I'm I was very surprised you sent me that today. So nice job. And
2: uh, yeah, way to stick with it, brother.
1: You deserve it, man. Oh, thanks, guys.
2: I I have put a few hours in the tree over the last couple of years. That's
1: for sure. Well, now you're on Doe Patrol, and you get to hear about all of our stories. Hopefully, for the rest of the year, because you're out of tags, out of buck tags.
2: Yeah, Ohio's is a one-buck state, so uh, we have to shoot some does.
1: Uh, what do you like doing?
2: Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, so shoot some does off the farm. Uh, my cousin Zach has a buck tag. Obviously, he's got big shoes to fill. He's filled some real good, good deer over the past couple of years. It's going to be fun, though, because, I mean, obviously, having somebody checking cameras, putting out uh, feelers for a couple different properties, Trying to get some recon as to what's happening, where, um, maybe hanging a stand or something. I, I think it'll be a really good opportunity to put him on a real special deer. Um, I got another buddy that I'm going to work work to try to get him on a good deer, and uh, I mean I have as much fun doing that as anything. You know? So it, sh- it should be good. It should be a lot of fun, and I don't know. I'm still tossing on the idea of going to a, another state or two. Somebody talked talked to me today about Kentucky. So, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, if you
1: do Yeah, you got PA. South and if you don't head south, you can head north to good old Michigan. I got a stand for you.
2: Yeah. I might get all of them. I got like 20 days of vacation
1: left. <laughs> I tell you what, if you were going to stop hunting Ohio because you're tagged out and hunt three states, Michigan and PA might not be in the top three. <laughs> I don't have friends in That's any a area. good one. Kentucky would be Kentucky fun. is. Kentucky would be
2: a real good one. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I don't know. Pennsylvania has a lot of good deer now, too. And I see a lot of deer. All these Michigan guys, we don't have any big deer. We don't have any big deer. And I'm like, man, the trail cam was lying or what? Because I see a lot of big deer killed out of Michigan. So I wouldn't be uh, too torn up to go there either.
1: Yeah, I, I, I give it I give it some hell. But it's it's always a tough, pressured, hunting, good time. So, well... Al, thanks again for coming on, man. We're going to keep keep, uh, these game plan episodes up. Um, Hopefully we can teach you all something or you can grab something from these episodes and put it into your own game plan this weekend. So thanks, man, and congratulations once again. Can't wait to uh, get this online tonight so people can listen to it right away. Thanks, guys. Good talking
2: with you. Congrats again, Al. Way to go.
1: Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, habitatpodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the land plan. Tab, check out our HP land plans there we also have hats t-shirts and decals up at habitatpodcast.com of course all of our podcast episodes and then we have a new habitat podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts um, you know more of a blog post from us every now and then we'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram Facebook and YouTube found the habitat podcast and please subscribe that really helps us and thank you very much to our sponsors. We have Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Packer Max Cultipackers, Huntwise, Killer Food Plots, The Habitat Hook, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Lake States Realty and Auction, Sound Barrier Hunting, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.
0: On these fish, lot like high set cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9 30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of Hunt Stand's Make Your Mark podcast.